1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balance Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, my favorite people. Welcome back to the Balanced Fawn podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger. And today we have an incredible show for you with a very, very much requested and anticipated guest, Ramit Sethi. So you probably know who this is. I feel like everyone knows who Ramit is because he is the host of Netflix's new show that is killing it called How to Get Rich. And he's also the New York Times bestseller of I Will Teach You to Be Rich. I read this book in preparation for this interview, and my mind was blown. I'm not a finance girl. You probably never thought you would hear a finance episode on the Balanced Bond Podcast, but we are growing up, guys. I'm 32. I want to buy a house. I'm a mom. I have huge aspirations for my family. And there's so much to talk about when it comes to finances and money. And we talk about everything in this episode from invisible money scripts, which is kind of like our subconscious energy with money, which really reminds me of manifestation and the law of attraction, in which case I really do feel like money is a spiritual topic. And it's also a topic that has to do with wellness because our personal wellness really depends on our freedom and our approach to finances. And I think an unhealthy life is when we're spending, 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 getting ourselves into a stressful situation where a healthy, balanced, mindful approach is to be responsible with our finances. And this is actually a really fun conversation. So don't do as I would do a couple of years and be like, finance episode, I'm turning this shit off. That is not interesting. We're not talking about manifestation or aliens or anything like that. I would have turned it off. This is actually so interesting and it's so applicable to wherever you are in life. I asked him your questions that you sent in. People wanted to know about getting out of debt, how to handle relationships with finances, kind of like how to talk about finances with your partner how to be smart about buying a house. Should we rent or should we buy? Investing for 1Ks, how to choose a credit card, all this good stuff. And we have him for a personal one-on-one chat for the Balanced Bond audience. And you guys will be so excited because if you listened to Lacey Phillips on the show a couple weeks ago, Lacey mentioned Ramit and his book and diversification of income And I have gotten, I'm not kidding, thousands of messages from you guys. What was the name of the book that Lacey said? Who was the author? Because she really went into detail in that episode. And here we are today, right after she mentioned it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this guy on the podcast. We did it. We made it happen. Here he is. He's also my fellow Sacramento native, which we kick off the episode by talking about. I love that. So shout out to our NorCal people. And with that, let's get into this episode. This is one of my favorites. And before we do, I just wanted to say I'm so excited that we were able to launch Spiritual Moms Club, my new merch, which is mommy and baby matching clothing in collaboration with this podcast. So you can find that at the link in the show notes and also at shop. Dot dearmedia.com slash the balanced blonde. And it is so fun, you guys. You'll see Atticus on the website. He's modeling. You'll see me. You'll see me chasing him around. The shoot day was amazing. We have two different sweatshirts. We have a t-shirt, yoga shorts, and stickers, and it is the perfect gift for any mother in your life for Mother's Day, which is coming up on May 14th. So get on it, order your Spiritual Moms Club merch, tag me on Instagram, send me a DM or an email so I can thank you personally for ordering. And I love you. And with that, let's get into this episode with Ramit, which is a new top five favorite. Enjoy Ramit, I'm so happy that you're here. I told you that I had a synchronistic story for you that I couldn't wait to tell you, which is that I believe we're both from Sacramento.
1: Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I know.
0: So I was listening to you on Ryan Holiday's podcast, a fellow 916 guy. And he was like, we grew up in the same town.
1: We went to the same high school.
0: That's what he said. That's funny. What high school did you go to? Bella Vista. I knew it. Yeah. Bella Vista. So I went to Country Day. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Did you know anybody at yeah, Country Day? I didn't Day? know anyone who went there, but uh-huh. I knew of it. Yeah. yeah. And what year did you graduate high school?
1: 2000.
0: Okay. So I graduated in 2009. Yep. So we were a little at different times, yep. but Sacramento people, how cool is that? That's amazing. I know. Yeah, and my holidays. Really an awesome guy yeah, to the Daily Stoic. Yep. I just love all of these Sacktown peeps getting into the <laughs> world. So congratulations on your new show. Thank you very much. That just came out on Netflix. I will teach you to be rich. Yep.
1: How to get rich.
0: How to get rich. Because your book is I will teach you to be rich. Correct. Exactly. So how to get rich on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Number nine in the U.S. today.
1: That is so wild to even hear coming in my ears. Yeah, it's number nine. And I love it because so many of us, you know, we deal with money. We're afraid of money. And yet you wouldn't really think of turning on Netflix to watch a money show. And I think that Netflix made a big bet that we can find a creative way to talk about money and the anxiety that we feel and the guilt and the overwhelm and actually make it really entertaining. Mm -hmm. Like to me, you know, people think about money. They see a budget and some ratios. I see a trip to Disneyland for a family. I see drinks out in West Hollywood. I see a beautiful cashmere coat. And so I think money is really what can fuel our rich life. And it's amazing to see that people across the country, across the world on Netflix are responding to it.
0: Yeah, that's so exciting. So have you gotten a lot of feedback so far? Uh,
1: Yes, Uh it's been overwhelming. overwhelming. I mean, I'm usually on top of my social media, my messages, even my emails. And I just I woke up in the morning and it was just refreshing and refreshing and It's cool. I'm getting messages from South Africa, Luxembourg, Portugal, Brazil. Brazil's big, huge for some reason, and cities I've never heard of. And people are just saying, you know, wow, I've never talked about money this way. They're telling me their stories, they're excited. And that's what I want people to feel with money money yeah. should not be scary it should be something that we go yes I want to use it and that's what it's, it's awesome to see that
0: totally I almost want to come on your podcast because I've been <laughs> listening to your podcast so much
1: should we do it I we mean, should do it. He, if
0: my husband will come on, because I know the only do couple. Exactly. He so, would come on. He's an open book. So, and we have such an interesting... I mean, everybody's money story is interesting, right?
1: No, that's not true. Okay. Some of them are really boring. but
0: Ours is interesting is it? in the sense that we were raised really differently. Uh, my family, my dad's extremely successful money guy, obsessed with money. He mm-hmm. almost wanted to come today because he was like, wait, this is this is a topic I can get behind. And my dad does my finances. He does my bookkeeping he does your finances for my today? business today. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. He's a controlling, amazing human. My okay. listeners love him, but okay. like deeply ingrained. And then uh, my husband was raised very differently, very modestly. Mm-hmm. They didn't go on trips. They didn't Really do like big birthday presents. They didn't do any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just noticed that the way that he talks about money is more limiting than the way that I prefer to ever talk about anything mm-hmm. in terms of like an abundance mindset. So I've I've done a number on him over the years to be like, I won't have you say this kind of stuff. Like, What's an example? Um, so he's the type of person who will say, that's so expensive mm. or we could never we afford, can't afford that. It. Yeah. And First of all, I didn't grow up hearing stuff like that, yeah. which I think was such a gift. And I recognize is such a privilege that a lot of people don't get to experience. Yeah. Although it wasn't mu- anything to do with me. It was my parents. And it just makes me feel uncomfortable to hear my husband say that because I'm like, no, don't have those limiting beliefs. I
1: I don't. Mm. So interesting. So I'm hearing so much already because, you know, on my podcast, I bring couples on and I insist that they reveal all their numbers. So Most people have never heard a couple with $800,000 of debt talking about how they're not sure they can afford children. At the same time, most people have never heard a couple married 21 years where she's about to divorce him. Why? Because he's too cheap and their net worth is over $13 million. Yeah. So the numbers are all over the board socioeconomically, culturally, sexually. We have all different couples. And one of the things we delve into is what they remember hearing as they grew up. And one of the most common phrases, of course, is we can't afford it. And if you hear that once, 10 times, a thousand times as a kid, you actually start to believe it. And it may be the case that you grow up and in your 20s, 30s, you get a nice job, you have money in the bank, but you will still tell yourself we can't afford it. And those are the people who come on the podcast and they're sometimes their earnings have eclipsed their money psychology. So I totally agree. That's a phrase I would replace. And for anyone listening or watching, another thing I might suggest is I never tell people to stop feeling that way because you can't, you can't make someone stop feeling a certain way, but I may introduce them to the idea of where did that feeling come from and what's a new feeling. So if they feel limited or scarce, I would never tell them, stop feeling that way. But I would say, what would it feel like to be abundant? Are you abundant in any part of your life? Take me there. What does it feel like? What do you say? What do you think? What if you applied that, for example, to eating out for lunch? And sometimes they can make the connection themselves. It's quite magical.
0: Yeah, it is. It's so interesting. And even my dad, who's been so successful, I've had to teach him about the soul of money. Mm. If you've ever read the book, Soul of Money. And he was so into it because it had money in the title, but also (laughs) because spirituality, he was able to see, oh, this is what my daughter has been trying to tell me her whole life. Because I was kind of born that way, just like on the more spiritual, ethereal side of things Mm -hmm. and believing that... We deserve to live a good life and like spending my money, but also saving a lot of money. And that's a lot of what we'll get into today. Cause Great. I know that a lot of people have questions about that. I don't even know where to begin. I'm gonna look at my notes because I've never written so many notes. Well, okay, <laughs> good. So I excited, it. I'm so flattered. excited to talk to you. So I think we should and we did just kind of talk about this, but the invisible scripts around money that you were talking about. Yeah. Can you explain what that is and how people can get past it?
1: We have beliefs that are so deeply embedded that they are invisible to us. So I'll give you a few examples when it comes to money. They might be, we can't afford it. Buying a house is a great investment. That's an invisible script. Going to college is a good decision. That's an invisible script. There's a variety of invisible scripts that we hear over and over again. And some of them may be true. Like, for example, my parents taught me that education is really important and you should go to college. I think that's a pretty good invisible script, but it can also be taken too far if you just decide to stay in college for 10 years. You know, that that can be taken too far. Some of them can become quite destructive, like hearing we can't afford it and truly internalizing that. Now, maybe the case that you genuinely most people watching cannot afford a private jet. That's obvious. And people can acknowledge that fine at the extreme. But when I ask people, for example, how do you decide how much to spend on a vacation? Often the answers are very loose. They're basically like when I was 21 years old, we went on a vacation. It costs like 1500 bucks. And so that's the same number they continue using. I'm like, you make like eight times the income you used to make, or you have savings, or you have a partnership. And so we rarely adjust our scripts to our season of life. So why I share this concept of invisible scripts is that when most of us think about money, we really genuinely believe that we are like robots. Like we go to the grocery store. Ooh, I'm going to examine, should I get Ritz crackers or generic crackers? Well, the Ritz crackers actually have 20% less calories or 20% more calories. And the cost is this, like we're making some kind of spreadsheet. It's like, no, you're buying the Ritz crackers because your dad bought it for you. And it's because his dad bought it for him. We are deeply emotional about money. That's okay. It's totally okay to be emotional about money. We have to embrace that. But we've also got to simultaneously learn how to run the numbers. And so if we can do that, if we can be wise by running the numbers, understanding the language of money, and working on our money psychology, including our invisible scripts, suddenly we can start to make some really big progress towards our rich life.
0: Mm-hmm. And having a rich life, just explain what that means yes. to you. Because yes. now that I've been reading your book and watching your show, I know what that means, and I love your philosophy, you. but just tell all of our listeners. Totally.
1: Before I tell you my view on it, I would like to invite everyone to connect with what they feel when I hear, when I say the phrase rich life. For a lot of us, it's imagining somebody sitting in the back of a chauffeured limo wearing a top hat, you know, being dropped off and eating at this really long table with silver platters. That's rich. That's what a lot of us think rich is. It's this out of touch elitist concept. But That's a movie. That's Richie Rich. That's not reality. Rich can be your neighbor. Rich can be a school teacher. Yes, Rich can be a CEO. To me, a rich life can be traveling for two months a year. It can be picking up your kids from school every afternoon. It can be a beautiful sweater. Your rich life is yours. And that is exactly how it should be. Yours will be very different than mine. So I want to encourage people to become crisp about what their rich life is, almost design it like you're doing a painting and then start to say, how can I use my money to fulfill that rich life versus sitting back like this and just reacting to whatever Mm -hmm. bill comes Mm -hmm. our way. That is no way to live.
0: No, not at all. And I know so many people in my life who have, done really well and made a lot of money and they don't spend any of it and they're like nickel and diming everything that they do. Okay, this is one of my pet peeves. It's very sad. Yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, I want to emphasize that everybody teaches us to save, but nobody actually teaches us how to spend money meaningfully. That's
0: what I really like about your work.
1: Thank you. So I grew up, my parents are immigrants from India. We have a pretty big family, and so we had to be frugal. We just had to be. We hardly ever ate out. When we did, it was pizza when we had a coupon. And I appreciate the way that we were raised. Like I learned that I don't need a lot, and I learned how to be street smart because we had to be. And you know, I my parents told me like, "Hey, you have to find scholarships to go to college." I did. And I was very fortunate and lucky to be able to pay my way through undergrad and grad school. I had to. At the same time, I wish that I had learned that there are different ways to look at money besides cost. So imagine you put on a pair of lenses. I call them money lenses. And the primary way that we look at the world in America is through the money lens of cost. How much did it cost? Oh, you got those jeans? How much do they cost? Oh, I found them 10% 10 cheaper. How much did they cost? Cost, cost, cost. And if it's some commodity like black pepper or whatever, yeah, fine. Cost is a great tool. But I remember I used to walk on the plane and I would go past the people sitting in the front and I would scoff. I would go, that's so stupid. Why do they pay four times the amount of money? We're all getting to the same place. (laughs) And, And what I should have done was to say, wow, if somebody can afford it, why would they pay when we're all getting to the same place? I don't actually understand. I should have gone from disparagement to curiosity because then I would have realized there are other lenses. There's the lens of results. Like if you, want, if you have a fitness goal, you could do it for free on YouTube. Maybe you want faster or better results. You might hire a personal trainer. There's safety. You might want to get, if you're going, if you're taking your parents somewhere, you might want to have a car pick you up just so you're in a safe neighborhood and you feel good. There's delight. You're going out to an anniversary dinner. You just want to delight your partner. Just beautiful experience. There's so many money lenses And if you only know cost, it's like playing in a symphony with one note. That's all you know. And that is not a complete way to live a rich life. You've got to be able to be versatile when the occasion calls for it
0: hmm And everybody has a different concept of a rich life. Yes. So some people, it's so worth it to sit in first class or business class where other people sounds like you or like whatever. Well, we're all just on a plane. Yeah. So, well, I,
1: in my 20s, I was. Yeah. And that's another dynamic. So all these things become very multidimensional. In my 20s, I didn't care about spending money to sit in a nice seat. Also, it would have been extremely expensive for me. Now, as my season of life changed... I had more money, less time, and I kind of wanted the comfort. Then I was like, oh, that's important to me. But it doesn't always go more expensive. I'll give you a couple examples. See, the more you really turn the dial on your rich life, the more bewildering it should be to other people. That's because your rich life is totally unique to you. Mm-hmm. So here's an example from my own life. My wife and I love to travel. I'm a hotel guy. I love hotels. I know the exact room I want to stay in, all of it. And so, in one year, I spent more on travel than I spent in 20 years on cars, like total car, gas, maintenance, everything. Now, that doesn't, that's crazy. It makes no sense. But that really shows you my philosophy of spending extravagantly on the things you love as long as you cut costs mercilessly on the things you don't. Mm -hmm. So if you love, last time I came here, I was speaking with somebody else. They had a beautiful bag. It looked very nice. I asked him how expensive. She was a little reluctant to share, but it was quite a nice bag. And and she expected to be judged. I said, can you afford it? She said, yeah. I said, do you love it? She said, yeah. I said, then what's the problem? I love that. If you love a yoga instructor, if you love spirituality and you want to take a retreat, fantastic Mm -hmm. if you can afford it and you love it i support it but you've also got to ask yourself what is not important to my rich life and then cut costs mercilessly yes
0: Okay, it is so fitting to talk about Shopify in this episode because we're talking about finances, entrepreneurship, starting a business, how to invest, how to be good with your money. And also, I just launched my Spiritual Moms Club merch and Shopify has been in my corner ever since I started being an entrepreneur 10 years ago. We're actually coming up on my 10-year anniversary of starting my blog and my first ever Merch line where I use Shopify to sell. So let me tell you a little bit about Shopify and then we'll talk about the special code and the special offer that I have for you guys. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. So whether you're selling spiritual moms club merch like myself, or perhaps you're selling water bottles or stickers or clothing or plants anything, honestly. Or maybe you're an artist and you're creating your poetry into prints. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. They have 24-7 help, which is incredible for a full-time entrepreneur because you can contact them anytime. And also... If you're a big business, if you're a small business, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business. It's your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period. That is the best offer ever at shopify.com slash balanced, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash balanced to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash balanced, enjoy.
1: Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because that's something I just wanted to add from my own personal life. Is that I think I've been living by your principle since before I even discovered you, and I I don't know why. I think Great. some people I call it because I'm so spiritual money karma mm-hmm. or like abundance karma. So far in my life, I have had pretty good karma in that area where it's not something that I stress about super terribly. People are so surprised by me because I will spend extravagantly. On things that I want to do. Like what? Yoga retreats. Okay. Grocery shopping at Erewhon. Uh-huh. Smoothies at Erewhon. You Uh know, all these things where people are like, I would never spend $22 on a smoothie. Yes. And I'm like, for whatever reason, this makes me freaking happy. And can you afford it? Yes. And I do it all the time. And you love it. I love it. And I've done it all the time. Something else about me that people are... So people are not surprised about that because that's part of my brand. People see that. I drive an old car, a Honda CRV that I have had. Love a good Honda. Since, when have I had this car? Since 2013. Nice. Um, And it's all paid for all the things. I don't have a car payment. And people often, and people who work with my husband, they'll see me roll up in my Honda and they're like, Jordan does really well. I'm surprised she didn't upgrade her car. Yes. And my husband's like, she could care less about cars. She doesn't give a shit about cars. And I'm proud of myself because I don't really care what people think of me. I'm not trying to roll around in this like you know, incredible, whatever. And one day I will. There's cars that I think look awesome. And when it's so easy that it's just like a drop in the bucket, I'll probably do it. Mm -hmm. But there's things that I care about so much more.
1: So I, first of all, that's amazing. Round of applause. That is incredible. What you just said is so sophisticated when it comes to money. And I want to highlight some of the things for all of us. Such a great example. You spend $22 on an Erewhon Smoothie awesome. I ask, can you afford it? Yeah. Do you love it? Yeah. Great. Now to other people, they go, that's insane. That's crazy. I don't mind people saying that. I would rather they say, that's interesting. Why? She could get any smoothie in LA. Why does she choose that one? Why? I'm curious. Why is it, is it good? Does it get her some type of better results? What does she love about it? That's what I want people to start doing with money. Mm -hmm. So that's number one from disparagement to curiosity. Number two, the idea that you have no car payment. Now, this is so important. The biggest area that people overspend, by far, is housing. That's number one. And number two is cars. And I'll tell you why. Because once you get stuck in those two areas, it is very difficult to make any choices about the rest of your money. So I'll often see a couple come to me on my podcast. They're arguing about, oh, he spent too much on pickles. I go, the problem is not fucking pickles. I look at their numbers. It's very obvious. They're spending 38% of take home on housing. Now they don't even know that ratio. They don't know even what guideline to use. They just got a house because that's what they thought. But what happens is if you lock yourself into car or house And you forget to factor in all the phantom costs, the maintenance, the interest, the taxes, and on and on and on. Then suddenly, you are trapped. And that's why so many people watching this and listening right now go, why do we fight about money? Why do I always feel like I make money, but I don't know where it goes? Chances are, it's trapped in those two areas. And because you don't have a car payment, you have an old car, Honda's a great car, you just run that thing, you can afford something that seems bewildering to other people. You have made choices and it reflects in your lifestyle.
0: Yeah. And I make those choices in a lot of areas. I'm not a big clothes person. Mm-hmm. I'll I am. get like my staples. That's amazing. Yeah, so I mean, it's fun. And yeah. like my parents, yeah. huge clothing people. Yes. And so I saw it growing up and I'm like, that's awesome. But not Designer, whatever, doesn't really do it for me. But once in a blue moon, mm-hmm. I'll treat myself. But like I use it all the time. I love it. And then housing, that's the next thing I wanted to get to. So I think so many people who listen to this podcast are in a similar boat or they're going to be coming to this boat in a couple of years or they've already crossed this bridge. I'm a new mom, Mary. Congratulations. Thank you. And we've been living in an apartment mm-hmm. for a long time and we're happy there. My parents actually live upstairs. So cool. we have a lot of help and yeah. it's amazing. We really want to have a house. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying have a house because I don't really care if we... Buy the house or rent the house. But to live in a house sounds great because I want my son to have a backyard and we're kind of outgrowing our space. There's neighborhoods that I love. The housing market seems insane right now, it's like a beast that stresses me out. Mm -hmm. We've been looking for houses for two or three years. And until I started diving into your work, what I hear constantly from people like my dad.
1: Can I guess? Yes. You're throwing money away on rent. Yes. Don't pay your landlord's mortgage. It's good to build equity. Yeah. Any of these things? Yeah. Oh,
0: 100%. You're just throwing your money into the trash can, like blah, blah, blah. You need to build equity. And then when it comes to house on top of that, because mm-hmm. I do want to ask your opinion on buying or renting, but even beyond that, there's the... 30-year fixed loans, right? And then the 10-year interest only. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to buy a house, my husband and I were interested in the 10-year interest only because of lifestyle and like our income and whatever else. He knows way more about that than Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. But my dad thinks that's the worst idea on the planet.
1: Okay. Let me give you my feedback. So this is, first off, in America, real estate is religion. And you can tell because we have these handy little phrases that we toss around. You're throwing money away on rent. That's not true. You're paying your landlord's mortgage, always said with a sneer, and you need to build equity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, generational wealth, blah, blah, blah. Now, no amount of data will ever convince anyone that their view is wrong, which is why I say it's religious. So let me explain how it works. First off, sometimes buying a house can be a good financial decision, but sometimes renting can be a better decision. I rent by choice. I can go buy a place right now. And I have made more money renting for 20 years than I would have made by owning by far. And let me explain because this, everybody watching listening right now is like, this guy just is saying the sky is green. It makes no sense because we've all been told buying a house is the best investment ever. And that is simply not true. Sometimes it might be true, but it's not always true. When I lived in New York, I kept a very close eye on real estate prices. I was renting and there was a building right next door. And it had the same square footage, same number of bedrooms and bathrooms, same view. Every, it was equivalent. And it would have cost almost about 2.2 times more than what I was paying to rent. So let's just say I was renting for $3,000 a month. It would have cost over $6,200 a month to own. That includes when you factor in all phantom costs, taxes, mortgage, taxes, interest, opportunity costs of your down payment, maintenance, et cetera. So you know what I did? I took the $3,200 a month and I just invested it. And I made way more than I would have by owning. Again, the math is really counterintuitive. People think granny bought her house for $300,000 in 1970. She just sold it for a million just now. She made $700,000. Wrong. You have to factor in inflation and all those other things I mentioned. And you kind of discover, oh my gosh, if I run the numbers, it's actually not nearly as profitable as I thought, but the numbers are all buried. Mm -hmm. Nobody really wants you to understand it. So here's my number one piece of advice. You've got to run the numbers. It sounds simple. Like you've got to run the numbers on the biggest purchase of your life. Yes, you actually need to run them. You need to be really smart. You need to know how much higher than your 28% gross income are you spending on housing? You need to know your phantom costs. You probably should have 20% saved up. You may not have to put it down, but you should have it saved up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's about five steps you should have. Most people don't do this at all. They treat it like ordering a pizza. Oh, my mom and dad told me to buy a house. I'm going to go buy a house. And then they are surprised when taxes come or they have maintenance or simply it just takes a lot of time to fix stuff. So if you're watching or listening, I never want you to feel guilty about renting. Renting can be a really good decision, especially in cities like L.A., New York, San Francisco. But I do want you to run the numbers. And if you choose to rent, maybe because you can't afford to buy, maybe because you don't want to buy, maybe it's not a good financial decision or you just want someone to fix the light bulbs. That's totally okay. Mm -hmm. That can be part of your rich life, too.
0: Yeah. And then the 30-year fix versus
1: 10. So. Either one of those could work. Your dad's does not like the ten-year interest no, only, right? Because
0: as far as I know, yeah. and before I started reading your book and stuff, I am not. I was not super interested in finance. Uh, I have to what? say, could Sorry you not be interested it? in it? this? I shocking. know it's interesting. It's something that I always felt like I didn't know that much about, yeah. which goes back to like my dad has handled this for me for so long that I've just kind of been able to turn a blind eye. I've been told many times by many people that's not good. Like, which I agree. Like, I think yeah. it's really good to be really invested and to know what's going on, yeah. which I also have, which we can also get into a whole other thing. But my dad wasn't a big fan of the 10 year Am I saying this all right? There's yeah. the 30-year fix. And the 10-year interest, interest only. only yeah. Because that means you're not building as much equity.
1: Yes. Okay, so this is something I want people to understand. A lot of people do not under So they, they go buy a house. Again, they treat it like a pizza. And they don't understand things like an amortization table. Don't turn off the episode. The word is not that scary. <laughs> Let me explain.
0: Tell us what it is.
1: All right. So when you buy a house, for the first roughly 10 years you are mostly paying interest. You're actually not building that much equity at all. People, This is hard for people to believe because they think if I buy a house, I'm building equity tomorrow. You're basically building very little equity. And the way you can do this is just go online, search for amortization table. That's it. You can plug in, pick a number. My house is going to cost 500,000. It's going to be a 30-year loan. Just like plug some numbers in. You're not going to break anything. And you'll see in year one, in year two, in year three, where's my money going? And you're going to be shocked because your money is almost all going to interest. So when people say, I don't want to throw money away on rent, I go, do you like to throw money away on interest? Because that's what you're doing. Now you need to understand it. That's the way loans work, blah, blah, blah. There's some nuance here. But it is disingenuous for people to say, I'm throwing money away on rent. You don't say that when you go to eat out at a restaurant. I'm throwing money away at this Beautiful dinner. No, you say, I'm paying for dinner, I'm getting great value. Oh, I'm paying my landlord's mortgage. How come you don't say, I don't wanna pay my restaurant owner's mortgage? These are just phrases, they're so dumb, they don't even make sense. Guys, I want you to take control of your money. You cannot make huge financial decisions that are worth hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars with some little saying that people shout around and post on social media. That is not how to be savvy with money. Take this seriously know your numbers. You got to learn how to run them. I show you how to do all this stuff on my website and, you know, in my book and also master your money psychology. If you are comfortable and saying, Hey, I'm not going to buy. It's not part of my rich life right now. Mm-hmm. Great. If you go, Ramit, I want to buy. I've run the numbers. Maybe it's more expensive than renting. I don't care. It's part of my rich life. And I understand the ramifications. I go, fantastic. Mm -hmm. But you've got to know both of those pieces of the puzzle.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I'm totally in agreement with you. And to go back to something I was saying before, just because so far what I've said could make me sound like I've just been really ignorant of the whole financial part of my business, which I haven't been. Like I think I've been very entrepreneurial mm-hmm. and I've invested in a lot of different wellness brands over the years. So that's something that I've been passionate about investing in other stuff, stocks, bonds, etc. Good. Not so, oh. not so much in my wheelhouse.
1: Oh, okay. okay. My dad
0: does that on my behalf, but I've invested in some incredible wellness brands that have done really well. And that's been like a whole exciting part of my part of my portfolio. But, oh, go on. I
1: do really want you to take over investing for yourself though. Okay. I really want you to, because it's great. Your dad does it. But first off, we don't know what your dad is doing with your money. I want you to know. And two, you know, with you and your husband creating your family now, it's really important for you to be a really active participant, if not for the simple reason that one day, your little one is gonna get older and see mom and dad talking about money. And it is fantastic to have a role model for a mom and a dad who are savvy with money, who talk about things like compound interest. Just the same way, you know, we want our parents to teach us about healthy food choices. We want them and we need them to be able to talk about Sophisticated money issues mm-hmm. like investing. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. You're very fortunate you have a dad who's helped you out. My dad encouraged me to open up a Roth IRA at the age of 14. I'm very thankful. But there's something extremely special about doing money yourself, not delegating it to somebody yeah, else. Yeah,
0: I think so. And after diving into your work, I feel a lot more uh, equipped. I love it. <laughs> I that, do. That's what
1: I that's exactly why I created it. Yeah. Everybody should feel comfortable enough to go what Where? What are all these accounts? Where's my money going? Why do I feel not in control of my money? Let me break that yeah, down. And absolutely. so I'm glad to hear that it's working for you. It is. Yeah.
0: So for people who are listening, who want to get into investing, mm-hmm. maybe they've never opened a Roth IRA or they want to, or a yeah. 401k, how do we get started?
1: Okay. I love talking about this because it's so complicated when you think about it, but it's actually quite simple. And you can change the trajectory of your life. Like literally, you can change your socioeconomic future. You can go to amazing vacations. If you want to have a 10-year anniversary or a fancy car, you could do it. So let's break down two concepts. First are the accounts, which we can say like are like the rooms in a house. And the others are the actual investments that you're gonna choose. That's like the furniture in each of those rooms, okay? So we've heard phrases like 401k, Roth IRA, et cetera. A really simple way to think about it is I have a ladder of investing in my book, The Ladder of Personal Finance. And you basically go in order. If you have a 401k match at work, you wanna open that up and you wanna contribute money to that account. Some people may have a match. If not, that's fine, skip it. If you have access to a Roth IRA, you can open that up. You can open it up by going to Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab, any of them. You can open it up in like 15 minutes. You just open up a Roth IRA. It's very straightforward. Just click a few buttons. You'll have an account now that's just sitting there. Cool. If You, you can fund that up to roughly $6,000 a year, okay? Then there are other options. You can go back to your 401k. Some people have a health savings account. They didn't even realize they can invest that money. So you can go look at my book and see the accounts to open up. Let's talk about what you do once you have those accounts opened up. This is where it gets fun. So people think that the phrases people always use are investing feels like gambling, And they have this idea that if you're an investor, you have to close the shades and open up like five screens and everything's dark and you're looking at these PE ratios and everyone's like, what? Don't ever look, you don't need to look at a PE ratio. Trust me. I spend less than one hour per month on my finances, all of it, and it is boring. It's like watching paint dry. It's not, you want drama, get a dog or watch my show on Netflix. Yeah, Okay. there is
0: some drama on that show. It's very dramatic, yeah.
1: These are real people. But investing itself is like turning on your water faucet. It's a utility. It's like you turn it on, boom. It's, there's no excitement. It shouldn't be. When my family asks me, how should I invest? Where should I put my money? What I tell them is my favorite investment is something called a target date fund. It is so simple. It's one fund, one fund. That's it. Now, you're not picking stocks. All you do is pick a fund based on the year that you're going to retire. So let's pretend you're going to be 65 in 2040. Let's just say Mm -hmm. you would pick a fund called Vanguard 2040 or Fidelity 2040, Schwab 2040. And what that is, is it's one fund. It's automatically diversified. It includes stocks and bonds. And as you get older, it gets a little more conservative. That's good. You want to be a little safer as you get older. And all you got to do is put money into that fund. That's it. So remember, just to summarize, we've got a bunch of different accounts. You can open those up 401k Roth IRA inside of those accounts. You can buy a target date fund as a simple way to get started. It's low cost. It's diversified and you're done every month. Money goes in. It automatically invests and you don't have to think about it at all.
0: Wow that's going to be so helpful for so many people listening as well as myself. And also, okay, you will laugh about this. I was literally texting my dad this morning so that I would know all the things that I have. Oh, good. I said, do I have a 401k? And yeah. do, no one judge me. It's just that this has not been my passion. No, I don't, I don't it's judge. Not my passion.
1: Most people don't know. They, you know, it's like asking, do I have a carburetor right. in my car? Like,
0: no, those are the things I don't know. It's the same reason why I haven't put gas in my car since before I got married because Jonathan will do that for me. Okay. I have things do you know I'm how interested to put gas in. in it? Yes.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> All right.
0: Yes, but I've made mistakes in the past. I put diesel <laughs> in my car, and nobody trusts me anymore. So, there's thing I say I'm not from here. Listeners to this plant or to this podcast mm-hmm. I'm not from this planet. Mm-hmm. I'm like this ethereal
1: being. Uh, I'm about so to I, bring you to this planet and okay, learn how a Vanguard fund I, I works. I
0: do want to be grounded okay. on this planet. That's Please. my goal for this year. Okay. That's part of why I wanted to talk to you. But I texted my dad. Do I have a 401k? No, because okay. I've never worked for a company. I've always worked for myself. Yep. Do I have a Roth IRA? Or mm-hmm. He calls it a Roth IRA. Is that the same thing? That's fine. Is he saying it wrong?
1: No, it's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Okay, okay, Trust me. I'll tell Like. Your dad should not be managing your money. That's wrong. But okay. him calling it an IRA is fine. Sorry,
0: dad, because I know he's this is the episode he'll listen to. We love you. Love You've you been dad. amazing. You've done so a great supportive. job. Now it's
1: time to transition can, the work over. I can over.
0: step up. I can step go. up. So I have a SEP
1: IRA. Oh, very good. What is that? SEP IRA is very similar to a Roth. It's for self-employed people. And a SEP IRA actually is, is again, just like a bedroom. It's another room. You can do the same fund inside of a SEP IRA. And often a SEP IRA lets you contribute a lot of money, sometimes $50,000, $60,000 per year. You don't have to do that, Mm -hmm. but if you have the ability to contribute that much, that's fantastic. And everyone's going, why? Why do you care about a Roth IRA, 401k? Why, Why do they even call it these things? These accounts actually give you some pretty cool tax advantages. You basically save on taxes. And so if you have the opportunity to do a 401k, a Roth IRA, a SEP IRA, whatever, do it. Now, if for the there's a small amount of people listening, they make a lot of money. They go, hey, I already maxed all those accounts out. Am I stuck? What do I do? No, you can actually invest an unlimited amount per month. If you fill up all of those, you just go into a regular taxable account. But that's really like a mm-hmm. minor advanced mm-hmm.
0: issue. Yeah, the, the tax benefits seem really worth it. I have been loving clean, simple eats lately. They are on a mission to elevate lives through food, fitness, and the best tasting supplements on the planet, which is something I can definitely get behind. I feel like that is very TBB approved and so perfect for us. So they sent me all of their products and I'm going to tell you which one I love the best. They have five different delicious flavors and they're all so good. You get all the benefits of greens without the taste of greens I personally love the taste of greens, but I know not everybody does. So if that's you, you're going to love this. I personally love their peachy greens flavor. It's delicious. It's my favorite. So some benefits of this product is that it may help to cleanse and detoxify, reduce inflammation, decrease bloat, which I have really needed lately. And it also helps to boost immunity. It's packed with 17 vegetables per serving. How amazing is that? And they're TBB approved because they are organically sourced, vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, third-party tested, and never contain artificial ingredients or colors. They taste amazing. And by using my code, you can improve your health for $1 a day. Honestly, it doesn't get any better than that. Visit CleansimpleEats.com and use the code BALANCED at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's CleansimpleEats.com, code BALANCED for 20% off your first order. Enjoy. Can't wait to hear what you think. Okay, so I am so passionate about this topic and I'm so happy that we get to talk about it today. Hormones, Hormones are the number one cause of skin, hair, and beauty issues. And I have been on a roller coaster ride with my hormones ever since having a baby and even before that. But all of our hormones are under attack due to chronic stress and the 85,000 chemicals that we're exposed to daily. So, using a brand that is backed by an integrated health approach and verified hormone disruptor free, will help you feel and look your best and help get your hormones back into balance. I am militant about this so you can trust that this is 100% TBB approved. So today we're talking about Veracity. Veracity is a beauty and wellness brand rooted in functional medicine that takes a whole health approach to your beauty by looking at the root cause, aka your hormones. So symptoms that you experience on the outside, such as acne and premature aging, are directly related to issues that are going on on the inside. Same can be said for bloating, fatigue, pain periods, all of this stuff stems from hormonal imbalances. So they have testing that you can do at home, at-home hormone testing. It is the first beauty brand to offer an at-home hormone test. It's hormone clean with clinically proven ingredients. And they're also backed by a medical team. So they're validated by their medical advisory team, which I think is so important. So this is our amazing offer for you guys. Visit veracityselfcare.com slash balanced to get 20% off your first order when you use code balanced at checkout. That is V-E-R-A-C-I-T-Y selfcare.com forward slash balanced for 20% off your first purchase with the code balanced. Enjoy. So something I have to ask you, because so many people wrote in and wanted to know, what's the best way to get out of debt?
1: Oh, this is a great question. All right. So when I talk to people in debt, I speak to people who have $5,000 of debt. I speak to people who have $800,000 of debt. All over the map. 90% of them do not know how much debt they're in. That's shocking, but also understandable. If every envelope you get is just bad news, of course you're going to avoid it. So step number one is to actually open them up and find out how much debt you owe at what interest rate. Okay? Point number two is that 95% of people do not know their debt payoff date. So it could be that you have $3,000 of credit card debt. It could be that you have $50,000 of student loans, whatever the number may be. If you don't know when it's going to be over, it feels so overwhelming. It's like running a marathon, but you don't know when it's going to end. It's psychologically debilitating. So it's so important to know when that debt is going to be paid off. And I'm talking about the exact month and year. The way you do this is you go online, you already know how much debt you owe, because you found that out, you know your interest rate, you found that out, and you type in debt payoff calculator. Plug your numbers in, it takes like five seconds. And it will tell you, your debt is going to be paid off right now. You're paying 300 bucks a month. It's going to be paid off in 2037. And so you might go like, Oh God, that's like a long time. Okay. No problem. Instead of 300 a month, go ahead and just make it 400 a month. Just see, just play. And it's shocking because the larger the loan, even a hundred dollars a month can often cut that loan down by seven years. Like the math is super counterintuitive. So To pay off debt, the simplest thing you got to do is those two steps. Number one, know how much you owe, including your interest rate, and two, your debt payoff date. Once Mm -hmm. you know those two things, you can start to fiddle around and see if you want to add more money and pay it off faster.
0: Yeah. No, that's so helpful. That was the top thing people wrote in and wanted Mm. to know. The other top thing people wanted to know, and you must have a lot of international followers, and I know that I do too, which is why they wrote in to both of us for this. What is your tips to people who don't live in the U.S.? Because I think a lot of the stuff in your book, right, is for people who live here.
1: Well, it has been translated. I will teach you to be rich. The book has been translated into tons of languages. So there are lots of opportunities. Other countries don't have the exact same accounts we do, such as a 401k, which is strictly American. But the concept of if you start investing at this age, you can actually calculate exactly when you will become a millionaire. That's universal. That's just math. The concept of understanding the relationship between debt and investing, that's universal. Depending on what country you're in, you have different investment options. That's okay. I often hear from a lot of Canadian readers, for example, they go, we we don't have a 401k. But if you search 401k equivalent in Canada, you'll easily be able to find out the exact equivalent. Mm -hmm. So you could start with my book, get my book in whatever edition is closest. Like for Australians, I always say, just get my UK edition. It's pretty close. Mm -hmm. Try that and you will quickly be able to piece it together once you understand the fundamentals.
0: Wow. Yeah. No, that's really helpful because we've got people from all over the place listening. That's awesome. So I know. Okay. I have a bunch of questions left to ask you. So we're going to do rapid fire. Number one, what was the experience like to film your own Netflix show?
1: (laughs) It was wild. I mean, I've filmed stuff before, but never like this. You know, I walked in the first day there, they've been lighting for hours just to get my skin tone right, which is important to me. And that, that meant a lot. Our sound guy, Jackson told me that he listened to multiple interviews I had given to hear how I talk. And then he chose the correct mic just for me. Wow. I mean, that level of attention is, is really why you're working with the Mm -hmm. best. So we started off with me going around the country and I met couples and individuals. And the magic of the show is that I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know what they look like. All I knew before i met them was their name and i had access to their financials that's it so i looked at their financials i get i could guess something oh this person has access to a private bank they're probably wealthy but when i got to meet them you the viewer and i together try to figure out what's going on and that's really what makes the show magical
0: yeah that's so fun. Yeah. And was this your idea? Did you approach producers or was it vice versa?
1: No, that Netflix came to me. Oh. I was sitting, I remember exactly where I was. I got an email from them and it said, hey, you know, we'd love to talk. Should we talk to you or do you have representation? And the funniest thing is that I didn't even know what representation was back then. I was not. When was this? This was like 2020 during COVID. I was not in Hollywood. Like I'm an internet nerd. I go on Twitter I make jokes about asset allocation, and then I take a nap. Like, it's a very <laughs> good internet life, you Yeah. Know? And so I, I never, ever thought of doing a TV show. So we got in touch, and we started chatting, and they knew my material, which was really flattering. You know, my business has been around for 20 years, so on the internet, at least, people know. And I think what they loved was the point of view that you don't have to restrict everything around money. And I told him that I said, look, I don't want a show where I have to go to some couple and berate them. That's not my style. I'd rather them tell me, like, we want to go to Italy. I go, awesome. Let me show you how to do it. In fact, let's do an awesome trip to Italy.
0: Mm -hmm. And they
1: were like, we want that. Mm -hmm. They're like, we want you. And they gave me broad creative control. And so it was a total journey into learning about how Hollywood works and deal making and all of that.
0: Wow. Well, you're really good on camera. That was the first thing I was noticing (laughs) when I watched your show. I was like, he's super comfortable. I'm impressed.
1: Thank you for saying that. The first scene was the first day I ever shot. I was on the couch with Matt and Amani. And you know, it's one thing I have my podcast, I do it on zoom, but it's another thing to go into somebody's home that is as intimate as it gets. Yes. Right. And they welcome me into their home. We're talking about their finances. Like in America, this is more intimate than sex. Yeah, it's it's like shocking. And so I was there and I, I, I watched that scene. It's like on episode one of How to Get Rich. And I remember being nervous and I remember but I remember when the camera started rolling, there's this phrase, you know, you forget about the cameras. And I never believed it, but it really is true because they started arguing. I was asking them questions and it was like, it was just the three of us. Yeah, Nobody else, even though there were multiple cameras, et cetera, in the room. I think it's really a testament to the fact that we have, we all have something that we are worried about when it comes to money. And most of us just do not know who to turn to mm-hmm. for help.
0: Totally. Yeah. You had therapist vibes the way that you were in there, <laughs> like with these couples. And I just felt like you you were doing an amazing job and I only got to watch the first episode, oh, but I'm okay. going to go home and oh, watch I'm so excited. many more.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I it came out
0: yesterday, by the way, people. Yeah. So I would have watched a lot more if I, if it didn't have just come out yesterday. Totally. But when this comes out, the show will have been out for a couple weeks. Yes. So I'm yes. sure so many people listening will have tuned in. Awesome. I'm excited. There's like drama between couples. You're bringing people hope. I yeah. love yes. that sweet couple. They were the middle couple yes. Yes. on episode one. You were bringing them hope and they yes. were so sweet. And they want to buy a house and they have kids. And yes, that. I liked them. I read they they're were super so, likable. Well, They were all Donnell. really lovable. Yes, yeah. yes. So my I mean, husband and I were both like, We like them. Oh, I love that you watched watching. it together. Yeah, that,
1: you know, that makes me excited too because I think for a lot of us, especially in couples, money is something that people only talk about when they're fighting or when there's some kind of decision to be made. So it's almost like this transactional thing. And I love the idea, just like food, like. My wife and I, you know, we'll talk about like, oh, look at this restaurant. Oh, we should try that. Oh, we had that Thai food last night. And it's just a thing that brings us together. And I actually think money is that way. We don't think of it like that. But for us, my wife and I will talk about like, where do we want to go this year? Who do we want to bring with us? That's money. Yeah, It's just using money for the thing we love, which is travel. And so if you're watching this and, and you have a partner or you're solo, it's like really getting in touch with yourself and your partner What do we love? What's the thing we want to spend more on? Where what do we not care about? Thing that we could maybe Mm -hmm. economize on. And suddenly you start to have these regular conversations that are like, how do we build our vision together? Yeah. That's exciting.
0: It is exciting. So Jonathan got excited, my husband, because we're gonna talk about our rich life. And we have a good dynamic around money together, Mm -hmm. contrary to what I said in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I do tease him and I tell him, do not. Talk about limiting beliefs in front okay, of me okay. with money or with anything. Like I will not have it. I'm the same way with my friends. I'm like, let's not say it that way. Yeah. Let's say it this way. Yeah. Um, and just be more conscious about it, which is just that more spiritual approach to life. Mm-hmm. So we loved watching it together. That's awesome. And then, okay, final rapid fires for you. Sure. And then we must have you back on because I, I have it. six million more questions <laughs> for you. Good thing we didn't talk about banks because you're not going to approve of my, oh, wel- my Wells what Fargo you... life. So we're going to let's Wells do a Fargo. whole episode on banks. It's oh. going to sound to my listeners like that would be a boring topic. No. We will make it fun.
1: I'm going to roast the shit out of these banks. They're mostly yes. awful. I'll let's tell you do the ones... an
0: episode roasting banks. That'll be. <laughs> do perfect. you have like
1: six or seven hours? Yeah, on your podcast? I always do. Done. Yes. OK, right. so we're
0: going to do it. But super rapid fires mm-hmm. just to finish. up. What is your zodiac sign? Cancer. Oh, when's your birthday? June. June, June 30th. Oh, June 30th. Okay, we love cancers. Mean? Really? Yeah. Okay. We're a water sign. Okay. Yeah, we just have to know everybody's sign. So
1: like, what does that mean? Like, it
0: means that you are emotionally tapped in. You're oh, a good okay. nurturer. You're a water sign, which okay. means you can ride those emotions pretty well. Okay. Cancers can be sensitive. Okay. They're home bodies. That's true. Mm-hmm. So like your wow, home this is space totally is accurate. important to you. Okay. I know. Do you know your human design? No. Okay, we have to look it up. Okay. If you could be in a room with three people, who would they be dead or alive?
1: That's a very interesting question. Okay. I'll say my wife, Captain Picard. These can be fake people, right?
0: Who's that? Yeah.
1: You don't watch Star Trek, the next generation. (laughs) Okay. Well, this person is an actor. I mean, he's a guy on a show, but I like him because he's a great example of leadership to me. And I would say, um, Abraham Lincoln.
0: Mm, Very good. Yeah. What's one tangible tip that you have for our audience to take away?
1: In terms of your credit cards, a simple thing to do is to have one cashback card. A good card is like Fidelity 2% cashback or Capital One 2% cashback. If you like a travel card and you spend enough to justify it, Chase Sapphire Reserve, that's a pretty good card. Um, And that's it. Don't overcomplicate it. The Mm -hmm. more your life, you become more successful, fight for simplicity. Keep it really simple.
0: I love that. Simplicity with everything. That's my motto as well. Yeah. And where can everybody find you?
1: Well, you can see my show, How to Get Rich. It's on Netflix. You can find me. My book is called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. That's the thing. If you want to get started with your money, get it at any library or bookstore. And my newsletter is on my website at IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. Amazing. Oh, and my podcast, yeah. of course, where if you love talking about money and being voyeuristic with money, you can hear couples actually come on and share everything about their financial lives. Yeah,
0: that's super interesting. People have to be really vulnerable and comfortable with you to do that. Yes, definitely. That's amazing. And finally, do you ever go home to Sacramento? Do your parents still live there? Yeah,
1: of course. I go see my parents. I love it. And yeah, I have like awesome memories of my childhood growing up Yeah.
0: What are like your favorite things to do in Sacramento? I never get to talk to Sacramento people on the I just hang with
1: my parents. Like I, I turned back into being like a high school kid i sit me on the too. couch i eat my mom's food we just sit in the backyard it's great
0: i love that yeah. well that was just such a cool synchronicity you yes. had to bring that full circle yeah yay well thank you this was incredible thanks for having me absolutely thank you guys so much for listening to the show i'm so happy that you're here come say hi on instagram at the balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.